once again, uh, like everyone else before me, I want to thank them Arganim for organizing this uh, global Fabreng and first of all, bringing Chassidim together, Shevesach and Gam Yachad, but also to keep the Rebbe's call and cry on Chav Ches, Nisin, Tashin, and Aleph, Ich have getan alts was ich kennt, tut alts was ihr kennt, that many of us, myself included, was zeichet to be there at that Sicha, and we remember how Chassidim were going literally out of that Kalim. It was such a rash when the Rebbe cried out, Tut Altsvasir Kent. And now, some 31 years later, thanks to the Tut Altsvasir Kent, Maisid at 302, and the Marginum of this global Fabrengen, it can remind us all to go back to that moment 31 years ago, those who were there, those who were not there, to be made ourselves to, as they say, double down and realign ourselves and refocus on ourselves. What the Rebbe said is the main shlichus of our generation which is to bring about the Kabbalah's name is Shiyach Zubkeno. They tell a story about a fellow who came to a town. He went over to a guy in the street and says, can you do me a favor? Can you lend me $1,000? And the fellow said, $1,000? I don't even know you. How can I lend you $1,000? So the guy said, you know, it's funny. In the town I come from, no one wants to lend me $1,000 because they know who I am. And here, they don't want to lend me $1,000 because they don't know who I am. So who is going to lend me the $1,000? When it comes to Mashiach, we find two categories. We find those who Pasha don't know what Mashiach is. So are they going to bring Mashiach? On the other hand, sometimes you could have a matzah with someone who does know what Mashiach is. But yet, the Rebbe felt that we're not demanding enough Mashiach. We don't want it enough. Why? Whatever reasons the Sahari gets involved and tells you, you know, life is good like it is. I don't know. It's a little scary. <laughs> What's going to be with my life, with my circumstances? But the Rebbe's message was that this is the Gula Shlema. And every year it has to go out. Whether you do know, whether you don't know, every year is going out. Like what the Rebbe said to the Ben Rasha and the Haggadah, you wouldn't be Nigel. But in the Gula Shlema, every year is going to go out. And therefore, the shlichus of the Reinuzah is to make sure that every Yid knows about Mashiach and is ready to greet Mashiach because every Yid is going to go out. And perhaps this is the Indian that, you know, we came from Achim Shopesach when we had the Sudas Mashiach. And of course, Vashem Tov was Miyasa, the Suda to take place in Achim Shopesach. The Rabbeim, of course, the Rabbashab instituted that it should be like like just by the say that it was the Arba Kaisis, we should have Arba Kaisis and understand that the Gula is the Hemshech from the original Gula and we're going to go out of Golos. And it's interesting that the Sudas Mashiach and the day of the Haftarah dedicated to Mashiach follows the day of Kriyas Yamsuf. And one of the connections perhaps to Kriyas Yamsuf is that we all know that there were four groups of Yidin at the Yamsuf, different opinions what to do. And the Abish just said, tell the Yidin they should just go further, just be Mamshach. And Nachshem and Minadav jumped into the water, and of course the water split. And the Shaila is if Maish Rabbeinu got the Tzivoy of Dabra Abne Yisrael Viso, why did why didn't Maisha jump in? He was the one who got the Tzivoy. But Dafka Nachshem jumped in. And the answer obviously is that Nachshin, when he heard the Tzivoy Dabra Bnei Yisrael, he said, this is, the Abish is talking to me. 
And even though there's a Moshe Rabbeinu standing there and there are other Manhigim, Aaron was there. This is my personal shlichus. I have to jump in. And sure enough, he brought about Kriyas Yamsuf. And so too, the Rebbe told us in Chavchas Nissen that it's not only Tali in him, it's Tali in every one of us, that every one of us has the ability to be a Nachshan, to be the one that will take the message of bringing Mashiach Kipshutei personally, feel that it's their mission in life, their personal shlichus, and will do everything in their power to bring it about. And only when we all take up this mantle and this mission, only then will Mashiach come. Because like, if those who don't know about Mashiach or those who do know, but don't care enough to bring Mashiach, will not do it, who will do it? And the answer is clear. Those who are Makusha to the Rebbe, and because it was an Indian that was Negea Benefesh to the Rebbe, and those who were to stand at the Rebbe's Fabrengans or learn the Rebbe's Sikhos or watch the videos from those days, you couldn't have a Sikha that the Rebbe didn't talk about Mashiach. Mashiach was the central focus. And so if you saw that it was so negated to the Rebbe, the Rebbe said since he was a child of five years old, he was machaka, he was dreaming about the Gula. So as part of our skashas to the Rebbe, this has to be negated benefish to us. And like Nachshon, we have to make this our mission. And again, thanks to the Ma'arginin, it's ma'edered us to once again refocus and remember that while we do many, many things in our shlichus, the focus and the central purpose of everything is to bring about the gula. There's a sikhan chilek lamed hay, parshas by Yigash. Where the Rebbe talks about a Gemara in Masech Sanhedrin. The Gemara in Masech Sanhedrin says that Amr Rabbi Yehuda Amr Rav, Asadah Kaddish Baruch Hu, Lahamad Lam Dover Achad. David Acher, that the Ebesh is going to appoint a new David as a Mashiach. Shenema Bivdas Hashem Lekechem is David Malcolm Asher Akim Lahem. Says the Gemara Hakim Lehemer Al Akim. It says Hashem will establish a new David. Doesn't say Lashon Avar Hakim, but Akim. So Amalei Rapapul Abaye. The Gemara says Rapapul says the Abaye Vexivet David Abdi Nasilam Laelam. That David Abdi will be the Melech Mashiach Laelam. So the Gemara answers, that there's going to be two Davids. There'll be a new David, and there'll also be David HaMelech. One will be a Keser, one will be the Melech, and one will be the Palgi Keser. One will be a half, a Mishnah Melech. But the Rebbe asks, we all know there's a Melech and there's a Mishnah Melech. So why does the Gemara use the words Keser or Palgi Keser? The word Kesar comes, of course, from the Roman emperors. They were called the Kesar, the kings, the Caesar. In different languages, it could be the Kesar, the, 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 the Caesar, the Tsar in Russia. But why would the Gemara use the term Kesar, Palgi Kesar, to describe Mashiach and Davra Melech when this was a title used by the Romans? And the Romans were the ones who destroyed the base of English. They're the reason we're in Golis. So why use the title from the Romans? Why not use Melech HaMashiach, the Melech Umishna Melech? The Rebbe gives a fascinating answer based on the Tesfus. The Rebbe says as follows, where did the name Caesar come from, Caesar? What's the meaning behind this term? So in Latin, the word Caesar means a cut. Al everyone's familiar with a C 
C-section, a cesarean section. Cesarean section, of course, is when the mother cannot have a natural birth. So they cut open the mother's stomach to take the baby out, as it's described in the Mishnah, comes out of the wall of the stomach. So the Rebbe says that the word Caesar was because different opinions, whether it was Julius Caesar's mother, who was born through a Yetzirah, through a Caesarean section, or it was his grandfather who was born through a Caesarean section. And because of the Caesarean section, he was called Caesar. And it beca became from generation to generation the title of all the Roman kings and emperors that they were called the Caesars, and then translated into many different languages. But the Rebbe says, what's the Indian of calling somebody a Caesar because they had a Caesarean section? What, and why would the Gemara refer to Mashiach based on the names of the Caesars in Rome? Caesar or Palgi Caesar? The Rebbe says that Alderach by Krias Yamsov, the Yidin was standing there and it seemed like there was no path forward. The Mitzrayim are coming behind them. The Yamsov is in front of them. And suddenly, Nachshin does one pulley, jumps into the Yamsuf. And suddenly, there's a C-section, Kaviyachal, a cosmic C-section, where there's a split in the whole world. And the Yamsuf splits, and B'nai Yisrael are able to go through to freedom, and the Mitzrayim are drowned. Says the Rebbe that this is the Indian of Kesar or Palgi Kesar. The idea of Mashiach is, and the idea of every leader is a true leader is somebody that where nobody else sees a path forward. Where it seems that, as the Rebbe would say many, many times, and I heard from the Rebbe many times, the Welt Shakelzich, the world is in such turmoil. And today, when the world is as much in turmoil, if not more in turmoil than it ever was. And people say, what's going to be? How will Mashiach come? And suddenly, there's a C-section, there is a Yetzirah, there is a new path that's opened up. And the Kesar, Melech HaMashiach, Opalgi Kesar, they will show a new path forward for all of humanity that nobody was able to see, that nobody was able to envision. Something that seemed impossible, beyond reach. We look around and we say, how will Mashiach come? When will Mashiach come? But suddenly, Keherafayin, as the Rebbe said many, many times, Keherafayin, Mashiach will come. And suddenly a path will open up and all of the world will be niggle, will see the gula. As the famous letter of the Rebbe to Hassan and Tafshin Yud, after the Staltus of the Friedrich Rebbe, he said, write to the Rebbe, the Rebbe that gefin in Aveg. And that's what we have to hold on today. It could be a Chasr Shalom, an Indian of Yish. It's been 31 years since the Rebbe said this. When's Mashiach going to come? Is Mashiach still going to come? Chasr Shalom could be a doubt. Maybe the opportunity passed, chas v'shalom. And so we have to hold on to this amun and this betachin, that the Rebbe said that we're the Deir Shvi, we're the last Deir of Golos, the first Deir of Gula. And as the Rebbe Tzugazacht, it's going to happen. And the Rebbe had Gifinaveg, and like the term of Kesar, the Rebbe will open up, Mashiach will bring about a new path forward that was unforeseen, unexpected. But literally, as the Rebbe said, it will happen keherifayin. And most importantly, remembering what the Rebbe reminded us time and again, that 
he can't do it alone. And he, we have the schus to be part of the Rebbe's mission to bring Mashiach. And one pu'ula achas, as the Rebbe said many times in the sikhs, could be machriyas kala oilam kulay lakafschas, kafschus. In the brief time remaining, I want to share three stories that I experienced to illustrate how nobody should think, what can I do? Because Parak comes and says, listen, who are you? How do you think your one pu'ula is going to bring Mashiach? It's going to bring Gula. We know that the Gula Kholos is totally in the Gula Pratis of each year. And therefore, as the Rebbe said, every year has to go out and therefore the message has to go out to every single year. And if everyone does that, brings about Gula Pratis, then it'll bring about the Gula Kholos. As the Rebbe said many times, when you put the Aleph of Alufi Shalaylam into Gula, it becomes Gula. So I want to share three stories, personal experiences, to show you how everyone, no matter who they are, could have an effect, a hashpa, an influence on others in a way that is completely lamaylam and ashur, but in a way that, as we said, an unforeseen path, a kesar, a cut, an opening that they could have never dreamed. First story goes to when I was a shliach in Melbourne, Australia. And it was Tafshin Nun. And we got a call, the yeshiva got a call from the shul. There was an Orthodox shul in Wellington, New Zealand. And they called us and they said that there's a Rusashiyidin immigrants that were coming to New Zealand. And the rabbi wasn't very equipped to deal with them. And Rahman al-Islan, there was this Mishumad who was reaching out to the Russian community and attracting many of the Russians to him and going and teaching them about, uh, about other things, about Yashka, Rahman al-Islan, Jews for, for, for Isaiah And the rabbi called the yeshiva, Rabbi Kohn in Melbourne, and said, Lubavitch is known to be able to do uh, outreach, pluchus. can you send Bachrim? Because on Pesach, this Mishumid is organizing a Seder and many of the Rosh are going there. So the Rosh Hashiva, Rabbi Kohn, came to myself and my Chavrusa, Sruli Hech, and said, will you go to, Mel- to, to Wellington, New Zealand to be Ma'arg in a Pesach Seder? So Kachaba, we packed up all the things we needed. We went to the shul in Wellington, New Zealand. They gave us a room to, to sleep. And we started planning this beautiful seder. And we started advertising in town that we're going to have a seder. And this was a week or two before Pesach. And the reservations were very schwach. We had three people coming, four people coming. We knew there were hundreds of Rosh but they weren't signing up for our seder. So Mamish didn't know what to do. We started calling people. We we're getting a lot of rejections. No, no. Finally, we we're talking to people, said, where are you going for Pesach? They said, oh, we're going to this guy's Seder. We said, can we come talk to you? So we got into a few homes. And when we spoke to them, they said, look, this person is very nice to us. All year round, he calls on us. He takes us shopping. He takes us to the doctor's appointments. He's very devoted to us. We feel connected to him. And therefore, we're going to Seder. And as much as we try to explain to them that it's not, not a Seder, it's not kosher, he's talking about a different person, about Ish, and you don't belong in such a seder. But these were Yid and Nabuch who came out of Russia, they didn't know any better, and they 
was talking to the walls. They were not interested in coming to our Seder. So finally, we asked them, where is the Seder held? And they said, there's a certain Russia couple that uh, opened a restaurant in town. And they, they hosted in this Russia's restaurant. So Srili and I said to each other, listen, let's go talk to this Russia's. If we could convince him that it's wrong, maybe we could be mavatal the whole Seder. So we drove out, it was a little bit in the suburbs. We drove out to this restaurant. It was before Waze, it wasn't so easy to get there. We had to have directions. It took us 30, 40 minutes. And finally we arrived, we see this restaurant. We get out of our car, our rental car. We walk in with our jackets and our tzitzes uh, into this uh, restaurant. We walk in and there's a Rustashir, an older Rustashir, maybe around 70, standing behind the counter. And the minute he looks at us, sees Lubavitch Shabbacham with beard and payas and tzitzes and a hat. And his first words out of his mouth was, Leave immediately because I want, tomorrow I won't have any customers. And we just drove 40 minutes. This was our only hope. We started saying, please give us a few minutes. We want to just talk to you. Finally, we're not moving, and he's getting upset at us. He says, My grandson is going to throw you out. And he marches off to the back of the restaurant in the kitchen. This was like 11 o'clock in the morning. There weren't a lot of customers there. It was just starting the day. Sure enough, a minute later, he comes out of the swinging doors from the kitchen with this tall, tall fellow. At least six feet. And this is his grandson. His grandson starts walking towards us, a tall, strong guy. And I remember Pasha being afraid will physically be thrown out. As he comes closer, he looks at me and he says, did you learn in Lubavitch Yeshiva on Ocean Parkway? I said, yes, I did. He says, I remember you. I said, you remember me? He says, yeah, we played ball together at Lubavitch Yeshiva. Couldn't believe my ears. I'm standing in Wellington, New Zealand, which is and he tells me he learned in yeshiva with me. The story was that in the early 80s, late 70s, a lot of Russian Jews came to Brooklyn and they all settled in Ocean Parkway in the apartment buildings. And so the Lubavitch Yeshiva between H and I took the fourth floor, they got Rabbi Akhanov and they started a Russian division of the yeshiva. And this kid and his parents came to Brooklyn and lived in Ocean Parkway and came to Lubavitch Yeshiva. They had their own classes, but they played ball with us and ate lunch with us. And apparently he remembered me from playing in the courtyard. And then his grandfather had a successful restaurant and needed help. So his parents moved from Brooklyn to New Zealand. And now this Anikal is working for his grandfather in the restaurant. The Zayd is looking, he couldn't believe that we're hugging each other, we're warm. I, I recognized him, I remembered his name was Boris. We said, can we sit and talk to you? We sat and talked to you. And he understood the matzav right away. He had learned in Lubavitch. He remembered Rabbi Akhanov. He had such good memories of his yeshiva days. And he remembers how the kids were nice to him in the courtyard and played with him. And he was an immigrant child. And everyone had such warm feelings that came up. And he said, I'll tell you what. He said, I can't, uh, can't cancel because it's happening in a few days. There's uh, 70, 80 reservations. But I promise you that we, our family will not participate. We won't sit there. We, we won't be a part of it. We're going to do our own thing. And this will be the last year. 
that we're ever going to host it. And Kachava, we had a save the Baruch Hashem, we managed to get 20, 30 people. And in the following years, Bacha went back and this Seder in this restaurant was canceled and it grew and it grew. And today, of course, there's a Shliach in Auckland, New Zealand. And I thought to myself, we were little kids playing ball. But little did we know that our friendship and of course the Ashbav, the, the, the rabbis, would have such an effect at the other end of the world. Second story I experienced was also a Pesach story. When I went with my friend Aftali Rottenstreich to Rabbi Itchel and Peril Krasnansky in Hawaii. And uh, long story short, because time is uh, short, he rented out a restaurant on Waikiki Beach. It was a Trefer restaurant called the Crab Catcher, the El Crab Catcher. But we came in the night before, we kasha the whole place. It was a big save that the night of Pesach, 150 people showed up. By Shulchan Aruch, we ran out of Shmura Matzah. So Rabbi Krasnyansky, Yitzchel said to me, Maishi, could you go to our hotel room because we were staying in a hotel room near the restaurant for Yantif and bring a few more boxes of Shmura Matzah. So I said, sure. So I started walking with my hat and jacket towards the hotel on the night of Pesach. Lel Seder, and I'm walking through the streets. Now Waikiki Beach is full of tourists and people walking in shorts and Hawaiian shirts. And as I'm walking, a couple comes towards me and they say to me, Tagidli, yes, yeshiva boba Hawaii. Is there a yeshiva in Hawaii? I looked at them, I was ready after two places. I was like, yeshiva, what do you mean? They say, yeah, I see yeshiva boy. Is there a yeshiva? I said, no, there's no yeshiva boy here, but I'm here uh, doing shlichut. And I say, what are you doing in the streets of Waikiki on the night of Seder? And they tell me that they were supposed to catch a flight to uh, California, but they missed their flight and they got stranded here in uh, in, uh, in Hawaii, and as a result, they didn't have a seder to go to. And they tell me, here in Hawaii, there's nothing, so we're stranded. I said, I said, right now there's a seder in the corner restaurant with 150 people. He looks up and he says, Bell crab catcher, and they'll crab catcher. I said, yeah, we cashed it, there's a seder. They couldn't believe. I said, come with me, I'll take you. They said, we're dressed in shorts, Hawaiian t-shirt, how can we come? I said, I'll tell you what, where are you staying? They said, we're staying in this hotel in this corner. I said, I have to go get Shmura Matzah from this hotel. You go get dressed in nice clothing. I'll meet you here in 20 minutes. And Kachava, I went to get the Shmura Matzah. They went to get dressed. We met them 20 minutes later. I met them. I brought them in. They walked in. They saw 150 people in the sitting, probably a say that they couldn't believe their eyes. I took them up to the front table. They sat right next to Rabbi Yitzchel and Perel Krasinansky. And they sat there the whole night. They were just couldn't believe the, what was happening. I remember one o'clock at night, the place was empty. There were only us, Rabbi Krasinansky, his wife, me, my friend Naftali, and this couple singing Chabgadji at one o'clock in the morning. And when they left, they said to us the following. They said, we've been to Sadarim every year of our life. We thought this was never the first year. We're not going to be at a Seder. We're stranded in Hawaii. We didn't dream there was a Seder. And not only did we have a Seder, but this was the best and the most memorable Seder of our life, the most meaningful Seder, to be here in Hawaii with Yidim from all over the world having a Seder. And once again, the Rebbe Gefintaveg, whether it was a story in New Zealand or the story in Hawaii, when you think there's no Yeshua, suddenly you realize that the Rebbe and the Ebishta is much higher than that. And all the Chashbainas are nothing. It all comes down to the find a way to bring about the gula. We just have to do our part. And since time is running out, I won't tell the third story, but I'll just conclude by saying that the Maradasa of Kran Heights, Rabbi Yaka Shvei, Olav Shalom, was my Rebbe in Yeshiva. 
in 11th grade. And he taught me many things. But the one thing I will never forget was whenever you asked Rabbi Yaakov Shvei, whenever somebody would ask him, we would overhear, was macht der Rabbi Shvei? He had a standard answer. You say, atog nenter tzumashirchen. Or he would say, asha nenter tzumashirchen. And I'll never forget that it made a very big impression. He was a chassidah shiid. But what does it mean that today's Sunday? It's not Sunday. It's one day closer to Mashiach. And even though it's been 31 years, if we keep on remembering, and again, thank you to the Ma'arginen to remind us to remain focused, that every day and every hour, and if we do our part, like Nachshan, we say it's not the Rebbe's Indian alone, it's our Indian. The Rebbe wants us to tut alzvas mirkenen, and we're willing to go out of our comfort zone and jump into the Yamsuf, so to speak, and take it personally. Then, like Kesar, there will be a new path, a new opening that the world could have never foreseen or imagined. And we will find that the Gula will come literally as the Rebbe said, and we'll know that we brought about the Rebbe's greatest, greatest, greatest desire to bring about the Gula Mitas Vashlema.